0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. No Thursday night football this week, but plenty of great football this weekend. The bowl season is in full swing. And and if you want to get in on the action, check out betonline.ag. It is the number one spot to place all your bets. They've got football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, the Vegas casino games. They've got everything on a newly updated website with tons of great odds, props, and lines. So check them out and if you do you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code believe50 that's b l e a v 50 that online is where the game starts Kyle happy Thursday to you You
1: know am I out of line for being disproportionately angry that there is no Thursday night football
0: I was disappointed to learn cuz I went to go I went to espn.com this morning I was like ah what's a Thursday night game and I'm like oh there's not
1: There one. is none. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was pretty uh pretty disheartened to to get that news.
0: <laughs> Good slate this weekend though, but just got to get through it. We can do it.
1: I I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to to the NFL action right now. And I don't I don't know if I got a little extra juice in my step because I'm enjoying this season more than I expected I was going to at the midway point, but it's like I want to. I want to see how both of these playoff races shake out. I want to see how the race for the number one pick shows. Like there, there's a lot of storylines on both ends of the spectrum that I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by from an NFL perspective right now.
0: NFL is good. It is good. Shuby, so,
2: Chris, hello, guys. I did my first sit down run through of the MDM for the jets i don't know if you saw i put this out on twitter yesterday i finally told myself i'm gonna put myself in draft mode i was very happy with the performance and that segues us into what we are talking about today on the show it is battle of the boards a mini battle of the boards between the two gentlemen on this show uh tdn 100 if you're listening to this show on thursday and it is before 7 p.m eastern time the december update to the tdn 100 the last update for 2021 airs tonight on the YouTube channel. Uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, some different positional breakdowns than we've done for the last two shows, so that was uh, a very interesting. So please check that out. So since both of the guys updated their TDN 100s, their individual 100 big boards, we are going to do a mini battle of the boards between the two gentlemen on the show. So uh, we're doing offense today, and I think we start with quarterback because that's just how these things work. Naturally, I re- yes. I,
0: I respect the hell out of what you did here, Kyle. You got them all, all kind of bunched in. <laughs> I hate this quarterback class. Well, and I don't. In your defense, like your region pretty much gives you Malik Willis, and that's it. So you haven't done like the full deep dives on.
1: I've I've tried to find excuses to like pull up game tapes to study players in my region right now. That it's like, oh, I can go watch a game of Matt Corral here, or oh, I can go watch a game of Desmond Ritter here against Notre Dame. Like, so I've. But like, yeah, I've watched probably a game, game and a half of all 22 of everybody who's not Malik Willis for the guys that we're <laughs> representing. And the rest of it is TV copies, having conversations with the rest of the group who who are doing the deep dive on these guys. And you're a real son of a bitch. You know that? Because I'm sitting here looking at your region. You got Pickett. Got you got Howell. You got Ritter. You're a real jerk. You know that? You know,
0: it's uh, I didn't choose this, but. Uh, I think because of that, you can see a little bit more when you look at my big board for quarterbacks. uh, There's a little bit more separation between the players where I think you're still feeling feeling your way out there. But I think the shining thing here is that I have Kenny Pickett as my number 10 overall prospect in the class. And um, he's my QB one as well. The way he played this year just demanded that and. Like I've said, I don't think Kenny Pickett's a guy that I would draft to be my franchise savior. I, I don't think that's the type of guy. So but,
1: how do you reconcile that with him being the number 10 overall player in this class, which as yeah. as we look at the class, it's it has the makings of a really good class?
0: It's a tough foil, um, I think, because I do think he can be a really good starter, and... I think a lot of it is just the conversations we've had over the last several years about situation and scenario and, and, um what type of environments guys can step into and have success. And I believe that if the right opportunity comes along for Kenny Pickett, he can be a good player and be a legitimate franchise quarterback. And so that weighs heavily on my mind with it. Um, but man, the longer we do this, Kyle, I mean, I'm sure you'd say the same thing. Where, where players end up going, changes so much like we do this all in a vacuum right now we're scouting trades it's risk assessment risk assessment which is a great way that you've put it in the past but then once you find out what teams these guys are on it really changes the game and you'd feel differently so I'm definitely subscribing to that piece of it and and hopeful that Pickett finds himself in a good spot because man he played at a high level he was a he was a first-round quarterback all day long
1: this year so I don't remember who it was that said it but I don't remember. It might not have even been somebody in TDN, but I remember seeing somebody when they were talking about quarterbacks say it almost makes sense to tier them before the draft and then rank them after the draft.
0: Yeah. Honestly.
1: Yeah. Like it's, it's because Malik Willis, right? Like, I just did Malik Willis's write up this past weekend and I came away and I was very conflicted because it's like, I could see a very clear pathway for this guy being a pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL. And I could see a very clear pathway for him being a complete disaster. And where he goes is going to be, Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown in eight games. Yeah. His last eight games, he has one touchdown. Are you kidding me? Trevor Lawrence situation absolutely matters. So Yeah, that, I mean, that's, you referenced quote unquote what I did uh, with my ballot for TDM 100. And I have six quarterbacks separated by uh, 17 spots and only one, Kenny Pickett, in the top 32. And he was at 32. So it's (laughs) like, I'm not, I'm not invested in any of these guys right now, but I do acknowledge the strengths that exist uh, for each of them.
0: I'm excited to watch Carson Strong. I feel like that's the guy that. I need to gain more familiarity with Chrissy. Ford's obviously pounded the table all year long on Carson strong. He'll be a senior bowl guy. Um, and so Dre I came I, away
1: and liked, liked a lot yeah. too. He had like a pretty, pretty solid assessment of him too. So that's, so. that's two on our team with Chrissy and, and Dre that were like, Carson's a dude.
0: I'm anxious to see it. So,
1: so real quick before we move on, cause we don't have a lot of substance <laughs> I know the, I, and I know the running back class is light. Right. Yeah. Comps for some of these players. I just wanted an excuse to bring up the Malik Willis comp that I came up with. Cause I thought it was okay. a fun one.
0: We'll go ahead and uh, share it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jordan love with rock, with rocket shoes. <laughs> the very it's the Jordan. Like I thought about, okay. Like he's the kind of runner that is a a minus version of Lamar as a runner of the football. Right. But I thought Lamar was a better passer coming out of Louisville. So that one didn't work. And then it was like, okay, Kyler, you know, somebody asked me about Kyler. Well, Malik is much more of a power type player in everything that he does. He throws fastballs. He's six foot two twenty five, So he's dense. He's not like Kyler in that regard. Um, Kyler, as a thrower, has much better touch, so I didn't like Kyler either. And I was like, "Who's who's the high variance guy that like every other possession you you either want to pull your hair out or like your jaw is on the floor for good reason?" <laughs> and it was Jordan Love, and it was like that's that like if Jordan Love was supercharged and six foot tall, he'd be Malik Willis. So that was the comp that I settled on.
0: It's fun one, one.
1: You got to give me one.
0: Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't do that to me um, because I don't, I don't love any of them. I'll I'll go with Ritter in um, right now. I currently have down Ryan Tannehill because I feel like, I feel like that's the type of scenario where he can really thrive. Where you see the mobility, you see the arm talent, um, you see some big moments, but for the most part, there's some inconsistency there. But if you put Desmond Ritter in on a team where it's going to be run heavy, a lot of play action. You tap into that running ability of Ritter, I think he can be a good player and he can give you what Tennessee's getting from Tannehill, what Indianapolis is getting from Carson Wentz. And so that's kind of my thought process there.
1: Amen. Running backs. Do you want to read through it? Because we have the same names, just in a different order. Okay. So the names names that we have on our respective ballots – we have six backs in the top 100, which is more than I was expecting we were going to have based on what our early impressions were the class. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, Isaiah Spiller, Zach Charbonnet, Kyron Williams, Hassan Haskins from Michigan, and James Cook from Georgia are the six backs that made both of our lists no other backs on the
2: top 100 for either one of us. Chris is disgusted for some reason. He's sitting here shaking his head disgusted with Joe because Kyle has the correct RB1. Joe does not have the correct RB1.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I'm not going to give him too hard of a time. He's got Isaiah Spiller. Four spots. I'm not going to.
0: If you notice, none of these guys are from my region. You know, I've been watching some some very (laughs) different running backs than y'all have. So (laughs) these are a lot of your guys, Kyle. I mean, my goodness. You got like half. Yeah,
1: I got uh, Walker, uh, Kyron Williams. I've seen Charbonnet because he played at Michigan and uh, Hassan Haskins. So I get a pretty good representation here in this group.
0: So I definitely don't feel super strong about anything that you may take exception with. And I think this comes down to exposures where you've seen more Kenneth Walker, you've seen more Hassan Haskins. And I think that's probably helped you subscribe more to them as players. And once I get to them in terms of the deep dive, I've watched them play, but it's a different, it's a different ball game when you sit down and watch the all 22 compared to paying attention to them as you're navigating the college football season. It's a different ball game. And so I, I will gain an appreciation there, uh, I'm sure, but I haven't, I haven't been there yet. And I think this is just an example of me not having, I mean, who are the best running backs in my region? Like I just watched like Jerome Ford from Cincinnati, um, Jashon Corbin from Florida state. I mean, it hasn't been a, a, a rich pool
1: of guys for me at running back. So Kenneth is, Kenneth is the best runner in my opinion. But I do feel a little some kind of way. And Joe, you could probably finish this sentence for me about having Kenneth Walker where I have him as RB one, because he's not that good
0: in pass protection.
1: uh, Yeah. See, this is how, you know, you've been doing a podcast together for a really long time, because that's exactly right. And um, I, I look at some of the other guys behind him, Kyron Williams, who's, like maybe 200 pounds soaking wet. Like he's not a big guy, but he's exponentially better in pass pro. And he's a former receiver. Like he can catch the ball really well. The third down skill set for Kenneth Walker is what prevented him from really putting a stranglehold, in my opinion, on RB1. Because he's really good as a runner. He's dynamic in the open field. He's physical. He runs angry. He falls forward. He's got burst. He'll break pursuit angles. All that jazz. But his third down skill set, he was not particularly impressive in the receiving game. Uh, Didn't show a lot of instinct immediately after the catch to kind of transition and create yards after the catch. And I didn't think he was particularly impressive in pass pro. So if you wanted to build an argument for a guy like Isaiah Spiller, who, Joe, you currently have a couple spots ahead of Kenneth Walker. I think Spiller's a better all-around back. But I think Walker's the most dynamic runner in the group.
0: Which... Listening to presentations from you and uh, Keith Sanchez on Spiller, I that's exactly the vibe that I gained, yeah. but they're close. I got them separated by four spots, you know? Yeah.
1: So and you but I mean you got them both top 50. Yeah. I mean you yeah. you got more backs in the top fifty than I do. You know,
0: I'd love <laughs> running backs, you know, so it makes a lot of sense.
1: Right. <laughs> um, but I'm glad to see Hassan Haskins and James Cook getting a little bit of love. Those yeah, two guys had players. nice seasons this year. Wanna go wide receivers? Let's go. Okay. So, this is a busy group. You're an idiot for taking Wandale off your ballot late, by the way.
0: I didn't like, I cross examined you on Wandale and I didn't like what I heard. So, I got to see him for myself.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, (laughs) here. Here are the – you, you had every right to give it back to me for not putting Calvin Austin on my list. And you
0: yeah, I'm highly offended by that, to be
1: honest with Good. you. I'm glad. Uh, the, the mutual <laughs> wide receivers that we both had, and then we had some different guys on at the bottom of our ballots. Uh, Jamison Williams, who uh, for Joe is wide receiver one, for me wide receiver two. Chris Olave, who is for me wide receiver one, and for Joe wide receiver two. Uh, Traylon Burks, who for both of us is wide receiver three. I'm no longer going to try and do the math on two columns simultaneously, but the joint players are Drake, London, USC, Jahan Dotson, Penn State, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, John Mechie III, Alabama, David Bell, Purdue, George Pickens, Georgia, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State, who Keith Sanchez came in guns blazing, and you'll hear him Mm -hmm. talk about Xavier Hutchinson on the TDM 100 show tonight on YouTube at 7 o'clock. Alec Pierce, Made both of our lists. Kyle Phillips, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, Kyle Phillips, the slot from UCLA, made both of our lists. And then Joe had Calvin Austin. Uh, I had Wandale Robinson, and I also had Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama.
0: Well, let me ask you this. You have loved Chris Olave from the first time you laid eyes on him. Correct. Is there a, is there a path for Jamison Williams to be your wide receiver one? Like, would it have to be just that big of a discrepancy in terms of like
1: testing? Or, um, yeah, I mean, if Jamison comes out and runs four three and Chris runs a high four five, like that might tip the scales for me, you know, but knowing what I know about Chris and his track background, I'm fully expecting a high four yeah. threes, low four fours.
0: That, and that's kind of why I brought that up because they're both going to test great. Right.
1: So it's like, if Jamison just runs faster by two hundredths of a second, like, no, I'm not going to be like, cares. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, part of your evolution as a analyst is getting to know what works for you and what doesn't. When I first started in the space, I had all these bumpers and uh, stat thresholds and you got scored for your athletic profile and, and it was factored into your final grade. And now it's, it's kind of just set your, I, I trust myself to understand what I'm looking at a little bit more. So some of those influences from those peripheral things, you acknowledge that they exist but if your expectation is met with a player, then like nothing's going to change for me. So if Chris comes out and runs four four one, and Jamison runs four three five, like six years ago, that would have influenced my grade on each one of those guys. And if they were close, it might have resulted in a different wide receiver one. I'm not doing that anymore. So he, somebody would have to bomb, or somebody would have to go completely lights out with their testing to change my mind.
0: How about we do this for the wide receivers? You got a guy here in Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. I've got a guy here in Calvin Austin, third from Memphis. That we, I have Austin 67th. You don't have him on yours. You have Robinson 62. I don't have him on mine. Let's yep. uh let's go 30 45 seconds each and pound the table for our uh our guys here.
1: Good idea. Go right ahead.
0: Calvin Austin, man. It 2 2 Atwell can be the 57th pick in the draft. Calvin Austin can be too. He is a dog, he's a small receiver explosive though plays well above his weight class a separation specialist he's going to be good with yards after catch and I think with today's NFL offenses embracing the spread and a lot of the rules favoring receivers Calvin Austin is a wonderful difference maker in terms of an x-factor I think for an NFL offense
1: okay so as far as Wandale Robinson goes if Kadarius Tony is going to go at number 20 (laughs) overall all right. right um you think about some of the other wide receivers? Oh, where did K.J. Hamler go, 46? Where do you think Jahan Dotson's going to go? Top 40? Top 40, yeah. Probably that yeah. same Elijah Moore type yeah. range, right? You want 90% of the same player and you want to get him around later? That's what you're going to get with Wondell Robinson. And that, for me, is always a big thing for me at the wide receiver position is you can draft Kadarius Tony in the top 20 if you like, but I would much rather have Amari Rodgers in the third round. And Tony's flashed. He's had a couple big games, but he's struggled with injuries. He hasn't been available all throughout the season. Amari Rodgers hasn't made that much of an impact, if any impact at all, to this point either. But there's a value proposition that exists there for similar skill sets. And how many day two wide receivers do you see come yep. into the league and find a role and, and make an impact for themselves? I mean, shoot, dude, like Dwayne Eskridge, second round pick for Seattle. Like, mm. he's he got drafted higher than we thought, but he's also, they started to find a little bit of a niche. So Wandale Robinson can be that guy. And I think with the depth of this wide receiver class, you can probably get him on, in round three.
0: All right. Shall we? Tight ends?
1: Let's do tight ends. Then we can bump together O-line. Sure. We can do that. Ooh. All right. So... I'm going to make you read it this time. (laughs) All
0: right. You want me to navigate these waters? Yes. I think we both have Jalen... No? Yeah, Jalen Weidermeyer is our tight end one. Both Begrudgingly. But you, I mean, you on right on his heels, you have Kate Otten right behind him from Washington and then uh, Trey McBride from Colorado State just behind him. My tight end, too, is Trey McBride. And then my tight end three is Cade Otten. And then we both like Jeremy. No, you got,
1: you got Josh Wiley as tight end. Oh, I Josh
2: Wiley. List. I had to scroll guy down. I can't read his own list. Yeah, this kidding? is why I we'll down. Made, down. He, made,
1: he made the spreadsheet, everybody. Scroll
2: what? down. It's, it's it's eight names. Is, it's on one page. It's he, not Kyle scrolled down. Kyle knew what he was
0: doing. He hung me out to dry. He's the he's the guy that does the table setting. Is your stuff Google like Sheet that. zoomed in to 250%? No, just, look, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. I'm not this guy. So yeah, I have Josh Wiley from Cincinnati. Check him out <laughs> against Alabama on Friday. He's gonna he's gonna be a nice little player for them. So what's uh, the... we
1: both we we both have Jake Ferguson sneak on here too. Yeah,
0: man, you sold me on him. I will say that I feel like he's such a high floor player. Wait
1: till you watch Sam Laporta too.
0: Similar type thing.
1: Yeah, so Laporta was a former wide receiver when he first got to Iowa, oh, and okay. he's bulked up. He's put about twenty five pounds on or so. And um, he's, they know how to coach tight ends there at Iowa, right? So you, you take that dynamic and you watch him and he's getting after Evan Katie in the Penn State game and blocking him one-on-one. And uh, I thought Jake Ferguson did a pretty good job against Penn State as well. They're kind of a nice foil to see those two teams playing against common opponents and seeing how they handle speed, how they handle 250-pound guys, how they handle linebackers, all that kind of stuff. So a uh, couple of late-day two Big 10 options here who I, I think are really tempting. Uh, but Weidermeyer kind of feels like he's just the guy who has the receiving production, has the frame, played in the SEC, um, probably profiles the best as an all-around tight end. But I I feel similar to this group as I feel about the quarterbacks in that I, I I don't love this group the way I wish that I would. I think there's better depth options here than there are top of the, the draft options.
0: I would agree, but I think, you know, we've got how many guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that received top 100 votes from our staff. And I've got some guys that are nipping at their heels um, in my region. And so we could have a, a reasonably deep group of tight ends just kind of missing the star power at the top, right? There's no... There's no Kyle Mm -hmm. Pitts, you know, type player this year.
1: And I don't think you need – you don't need that player, right? I think there's still plenty of – I wish I came away liking Jeremy Ruckert more than – like I thought I was going to like Jeremy He's going to bring you
0: back at the senior bowl.
1: I'm sure he will because he's actually going to get thrown the ball on a consistent basis and you're going to see him in that environment and he's a plus athlete so he's going to run away from guys. I'm sure he will, and, and maybe he'll make a push for me. But like I've been really high on Rucker going all the way back to last college season, and um, when I did the deep dive, it was like, all right, like there's a lot to work with here. But I can't, in good conscience, put him with his role and how he's been used, and having some unknown variables at this point in time based on how Ohio State uses tight ends versus the rest of the country uses tight ends. Like there's some blanks that need to be filled in, and he'll have a chance to do that at senior bowl for sure.
0: Try to cram in offensive line here. Um, we ain't got to cram a lot of of good anything. Players, Let's man. go.
1: Let's a go. A lot of good players. Holy smokes. Okay, so the good news is my list is shorter than yours. Uh, you've got an extra four names on top. Uh, here 19. are wow. here are the mutual 15 players that got votes for both of us. Ike McQuanu, offensive tackle, North Carolina State. Offensive guard, Kenyon Neal or Kenyon Green, excuse me, uh, Texas A&M. Offensive tackle Evan Neal, Alabama. Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum. Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross. Joe, I'll I'll take this grenade. Don't worry, you don't have to say his name. Thank you. Offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Freer, Ohio State. Northern Iowa offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Offensive lineman Zion Johnson, Boston College. Offensive lineman Darian Kennard, Kentucky. Offensive lineman, Sean Ryan, UCLA. Offensive tackle, Daniel Falele, Minnesota. Jamari Sawyer, offensive guard, Georgia. Bernhard Raymond, offensive tackle, Central Michigan. Washington offensive tackle, Jackson Kirkland. And offensive guard, Ed Ingram, LSU. Shuby, what?
2: I just want to make sure, because I know Kyle's going to write the report on Daniel Falele, is his running ability being included into the scouting report. (laughs) Versatility. Okay, versatility. I got it. You know, he threw a touchdown
1: in the spring game. What? Yeah. That's fun. So he's thrown a touchdown in the spring game and then ran in a touchdown in the bowl game.
2: You can do some things with that. It was fun. That's fun. Big guy's an
1: athlete. Big guy's an athlete, I'll just say that. I'll tell you what, I I have 19
0: right now. I finalized my report on Tyler Smith from Tulsa today. I'm going to have 20 top 100 offensive linemen. And that doesn't even include a guy I like in Spencer Burford out of uh, UTSA (laughs)
1: that I think is. uh, I've heard good things about Max Mitchell from Louisiana, too. Dude, telling
0: you, we got. We've been needing this. We needed like a revolution with offensive line prospects. And I think we've gotten it over the last couple of years and it continues this year.
1: Good. Because you need thirty-two teams to fill out five spots. And I mean well, you fill out yeah. seven or eight spots, if we're yeah. being honest. Yeah. Um and that that's with Thayer Munford, who underperformed a little bit this year, falling out. Mm-hmm. Uh so, so there was uh, a point in time where he was fairly high for us. Alec Lindstrom, once upon a time, was a top 100 guy for us that used to reside he's in the 90s. Close. Yeah. Yep. Uh Rashid Walker is a big time tools guy. I left Andrew Stuber, the right tackle from Michigan, off my list and I felt bad about it.
0: You should because um, you convinced me he's a very high floor player. I like him. Well, it. he I is like a high
1: it. floor player. He's yeah. six, six and a half, 338 pounds and long. Physical in the run game. Like, he's a good player. I like that. But, you just you sit here and you do the numbers game. I ran out of room. I'm sorry. I ran, dude, I, ran out. Dude, I of room. I did, I did too. I wish it's almost like I wish it could have been a
0: 125 because there were a ton Don't of players that. that
1: had to leave not do that because now we're going to have to do that next time. Well, TDN
0: You're 125 get, doesn't sound as good as a TDN 100. Well, yeah,
1: but our ballot's going to have to go to 125, and then that way you get more depth for potential. Oh, we could bottom tens. Our staff should be able to do that. So. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> know, it's just hard enough as is. So, any parting thoughts, offensive side of the ball? What what offended you the most besides um, Calvin Austin? From you? Mm-hmm. Um, no, from Chris.
0: No, I just need. I said that to buy myself a second. Kyle, like, let me let me have my moment. Um, offended me? Uh, that's tough. Obviously, you're not you're not buying in on on Dylan Parham, and I know that you don't like. 285 pound centers but
1: and you're betting on a, a massive exception to the rule that's why that's all
0: <laughs> oh man i can't wait to get the cross check so we can talk about
1: actively fight about it instead of yeah, just like, theoretically fight about it right yeah well I
0: don't well, like what you said about that player and <laughs> it didn't sit well it's like back with like 15 years ago when you're trying to do draft uh, draft work and you're you're setting rankings and the film you watch is the highlights that play while mel kiper's talking about him on tv right and you're, like digging through anything on the internet that you can find that says anything about a player and that that's it it That's your the only thing opinion. you yeah. get your
1: opinion on right right that's like head coaching searches when it's a bunch of coordinators right and you from the outside you're like mm, ah, needs to be this guy or can't be that guy right. um Make sure you hit subscribe for the cross-check season, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's it's honestly only about six weeks away before we start that process. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, for that right after the All-Star events. We'll be getting into cross-check. So uh, lots on the horizon. Make sure you hit subscribe here on Draft Dudes. I'm Kyle Krause with Joe Marino and Chris Schubert. Thanks, as always, for listening. Talk to you guys again soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.